0: Thank you for tuning in to Avant Life's weekly podcast. We hope this message inspires you, stirs your faith, and leaves you blessed. He calls us into the unknown. To live the impossible and walk the miraculous. Show his faithfulness and speak the truth in love. To empower the insignificant. To influence the authorities.
1: A miracle began on the top of a mountain and he seeks those who will answer his next call
0: to carry his message into the city below across the country and into every nation
1: no building can contain his presence no city can contain his move. Behold, the new has come. Get you excited? I don't know. Will! Vision Sunday, come on! Uh, take your seats, you bunch of ratty people. How exciting we're here. We've arrived Vision Sunday. If you're joining us for the first time uh, here in the building or maybe you're online, we just want to welcome you. Um, But you have come at an important time of our... Oh, the drum is here. The important time uh, of church is where we cast the vision for 2020. Now, I spent a lot of my, my time walking the shop trying to figure out how I could include that 2020 vision But it just sounded so cliche. But then I had this like moment in time where I was like, 2020 as a year will never happen again. Never happen again. And do you ever think of things that are so insignificant and then get lost in the significance of that? Be like, those two numbers will never be next to each other again when I do the date. And then I start thinking how many potatoes are in the world right now? And if we were to stack them all together would that be a big mountain small mountain medium mountain and then i get the vision for church and it's awesome <laughs> no we're excited um so yeah if you're here for the first time this is our third installment of our legacy series uh the first two uh pastor emma and i uh, shared over the last two weeks um and if you miss them and you want to watch them again they're on youtube Uh, and they're on our podcast um, platform, so just go, feel free to catch up that way. But today we're going to be focusing on what is our vision as a church heading into 2020, Um, and I'm excited. It's going to be a great year. When we cast the vision for 2019, we were a church that was only a few months old, and our whole vision was let's settle well, let's build strong, deep foundations, so whatever God has called for us as a church would be able to sustain it, as we build higher and wider. Um, and so I think as a, as a church this year, we've done an incredible job at just making sure we're getting those little things right um, and that we're making sure that our roots are going deep. And so we're excited that this vision um, of New Horizons, the second part of that is a bit more audacious, a bit more outward looking, as well as taking care of some things that we believe that God is wanting to do in-house. And so are you guys ready to hear what the vision is for this this year? Oh, well, Good. Half of you are excited, the other half is like, mm, I'll let you know in 20 minutes. Uh, we use this scripture verse, we used it at the start of uh, this year when we shared the vision for 2019, and we said, hey, this is going to take us time, it's going to take us at least two years to see this come into fruition, but the scripture verse is Isaiah 54, verse 2 to 3, and it says this, enlarge your house, build an addition. Here, who here owns a house? It's always nice when you get to that moment where you can build an addition, have some renovations. Josh, you own a house? That's incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Heavenly house. Treasure in heaven. Spread out your home and spare no expense, for you will be soon bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. This image here that Isaiah the prophet is projecting, and we believe that God is speaking over us as a church, is a very simple one. We use this phrase, it's our phrase. Don't let anyone say it's theirs, ours. It's create space for faith. It's copyrighted in 2019. Thank you, Andreas. But This whole idea, enlarge your house, build an addition. I love the concept that says spread out your home and spare no expense. We would only spare expense if we're concerned that the decision we're making isn't the right one. We'd only spare expense if we don't have enough faith to believe that what God is calling out in us is true, right? Who's ever been in that moment where you're like, mm, I'm going to put 80% forward, just in case something goes wrong, 20%, and then I'll rebuild. But that's not how the kingdom of God works. He says he owns everything, and so when he asks us to do something, he says, build an addition, spread out your home, spare no expense. Then he says, you will soon be bursting at the seams. I think it's funny that, that often in our logic, we wait until we have no space to then go, okay, we need to make space. But God is saying, actually, what I want you to do is to create that space, create that opportunity for me to grow into. Because if you do that, then you'll soon be bursting at the seams. Don't wait for me to move and then go, whoops, sorry, God, we missed it, and we can't usher it in well. He then says, your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. I love this because I know for a fact that that whole concept that we're taking back what the enemy took from us is alive and well in our church. We're not a backward-moving church. We're an advancing church. The Holy Spirit breathes life into us week in, week out. We see lives transformed. We see ruined lives. We see lies that have been told to people that they will never do anything significant with their life. They'll always be behind the eight ball. They'll always be you know, forgotten, rejected. We've seen God move into those ruined cities breathe life into them and occupy them and then use them to do the same thing and bring life to others so when i look at this scripture verse i see god saying to us as a church hey make some space for me because i'm about to unleash heaven onto you and i want you to be able to contain it i want you to be able to to sustain it i want you to be able to understand that you need the faith to usher in my presence and not wait till you see it to believe it so you guys ready the first thing that you've got to understand is when we arrived to, a, to Canada from Australia a few years ago now, uh, God had really placed it on our heart that he was on the move. Now, he's always been on the move. He didn't wait for Pastor Ben to arrive on the North Shore and go, okay, I'm moving now. He's always been on the move. But the reason we say this, and he's going to be on the move, you know, far after I'm, I'm long and gone. And so when you go too, it's not just me, but he's going to keep moving. That's loud, hey. God, we just pray for whatever's going on there. He's on the move. He's always been on the move. We make this statement to acknowledge the momentum of our God. That, that for too long now, sometimes we spend our, our days just trying to hold on to what we have and, and, and we don't release it to the movement of the Spirit. God, he's on the move. I want to follow him, I want to chase after the miracle. I believe that he's the God of the impossible. But we live so stagnant in our, in our, our own thinking and so static that, that God keeps on moving outside of us, but we just never acknowledge it. We never participate in it. I'm going to tell you a story. It takes place in 2 uh, Kings verse, uh, Chapter 6, verse uh, 12 to 17. But I just want to highlight the first uh, two verses here, 12 and 13. To give you a bit of context, um, the, uh, the armies of Syria uh, have been invading Israel and have been trying to just cause grief. Um, and and conquer it but every time they set an ambush every time they have a tactic or a strategy it is unraveled by the Israelites they somehow already know and this the Syrian king is getting really upset and he's like is there spies in my house and one of the servants says this in verse 12 he says no there's none my lord but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel he tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom Who's, who's married here yeah? Anyone married here? Yeah? I can't really see, but I'm assuming hands are up. You don't have to be shy if you're married. Don't be afraid of that. That's a good thing. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's your coming out moment. I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know. You're sitting next to someone, you get your arm around them, you're loving on them, you're married. It's good. We, we say things in our bedroom that we don't want anyone else to hear. Right? Like, if you're single here, or if you're young at all, you're not married, like, I'm not sure what you're talking about. Will you have deep and meaningfuls with people? Imagine having a deep man with your best friend. You're like, I've got a crush on this person. It's amazing. And there's some dude just like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go tell everyone. (laughs) This is why he's upset. He's got good reason to be upset every time. There's like an ear in my bed. Can I tell you right now as a church that as God begins and continues to sustain us in his spirit, he's going to give us insight into what's actually afflicting people behind the, the charade and the mask they project to the rest of us during the times we see them. They're gonna, he's gonna, he, and he already has. He's going to start telling us what's actually afflicting our cities. What's afflicting marriages? What's afflicting parenting? What's afflicting our kids and the next generation to come? What's afflicting the powers and, and the authorities and, and influences in this city? He'll start telling us these things. He already has. As a church, we, we constantly mobilize our, our, our resources and our assets to make sure that we are combating these things. But then this is what happens when you do this. He says, okay, go see where he is, so that I may send and get him. So the servant went and found out that, that Elijah was uh, staying at this place called Dothan, or Dothan, or do <laughs> So the king has this great idea. He says, therefore... Uh, he sent his horses and the chariots and a great army there and they came by night and surrounded the city. Enemy will always come under the shadow of darkness. And when the servant of the man of God rose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, oh, alas. Imagine that. just come out and there's this massive army. Like, oh, alas. My master, what shall we do? So he answered him, do not fear, which is counterintuitive. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open the eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. You might have come here this morning, and this is what I really want to challenge you with, and you might have come here with the inability to see what God is doing in the spiritual world. We're about to cast a vision here, and I'm just gonna—I'm trying to short circuit what I know is often the—the—the the, the conversations that can take place after it, usually filled and fueled by people with that with, have doubts and fears. And it's simply this: if you've come with some form of spiritual blindness today, I really do believe, and my prayer is for you that the Holy Spirit would remove the scales from your eyes, the spiritual veil, and you would see who is for us and stop looking at what is against us because if you have that revelation this morning you'd quickly understand that the vision we're about to cast is not dependent on what stands against us but is dependent on who's coming with us who goes before us and who's our rear guard which is the Lord God Almighty and all of the heavenly armies so you need to know this morning if you've come blind I want you to leave with vision not deficient vision good vision 2020 vision Come on. This isn't the time I get to hit my drum. I found it interesting, you know, God speaks to me in funny ways. Emma never lets me on the worship team. Um, I'm a drummer by trade, so I just figured out how I could do it without her permission. Ooh, come on. There's something primitive, hey, and primal about a drum. Just like, just moves you. Imagine if that was your alarm clock. It just got quicker. You feel like someone's about to invade your space, right? (laughs) You know, the whole concept of drums, they're an ancient ancient instrument. Actually, their first application, as much as you might think might be in, like, worship bands, though they're great, uh, is actually militarily, their main concept was to help communicate with the armies. Ever watch those movies where, like, it's back in the ancient times and it's, like, hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of men yet they all seem to be, like, knowing what each other's doing. Yeah, but at family gatherings, we can't get, like, ten people to do the same thing. Like, it's just frustrating. It's because we don't have enough drums in our life. Imagine that. Dinner time. (laughs) 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 Ah, the drums of food are beating. (laughs) But they would hit the drum so that the armies, depending on what beat they hit... Uh, and, and where they sat in the army if they were the infantry if they're the cavalry of the or the archery you know they would know what their job was to do and when to act it out so they would listen for the call of their drum now the best thing about a drum it does not require line of sight i don't have to see the drummer i gotta hear the beat see if we if we just have flags which was so this is this is a, actually an uh the concept of using drums in warfare was an asian concept they were the first to do it. And then it spread to, to, to Europe. Europe was still using flags. So the problem with flags is if I shoot and kill all the flag people, no one knows where, where do we look. And they're so identifiable. It's like, hey, pick me, <laughs> shoot me, like. But a drum, you don't, really, you don't really see who's hitting the drum, but you hear the effect. It's pretty terrifying, hey. It was used to intimidate the enemy as well right, it tells, you, it tells you two things, that there's a plan and right now it's being enacted upon and it's coming to you, it's actually come to dispossess you, possibly kill you, possibly take off everything you thought is valuable and just as it says, so I want you to think about that, when was the last time you beat a drum, anyone want to come hit this drum right now, yeah come on, come on up, come have a hit, Come on, Steve. All right, Steve, I just need you to hit that drum constantly. Go. Yeah, come on. Keep hitting it. That's good. See, what I need you to understand this morning is that This drum, you know, it's a great illustration, but it doesn't represent an army coming towards us. It's actually just the heartbeat of God as it begins to allow us to realize that the war drums of heaven are beginning to resound and that he's calling out our life and he's saying, hey, do you know what your calling is? Does this beat make any sense to you? Who are you marching to? All right, a bit faster now, Stephen. Give it a bit, come on. Yeah. Oh, this is going to break. Keep going. Come on, he's saying, have life lifetime to raise up the army men and women of valour. Oh yeah, come on Steve, hit it. All right. Just a mic drop moment there, hey Steve? Put your hands together for Steve, thanks mate. drums of heaven are beating they've been beating for years now he's just waiting for the people that should be listening who should know what that drum beat means to begin form formation lines begin to march onto the enemy's camp everyone tells me that well the church in canada's in retreat she's listening to the wrong drumbeat the drumbeat's not saying retreat it's saying advance that's just the reality well pastor ben come on that just sounds ludicrous it's not ludicrous Because we always think numerically, we don't have the biggest church, we don't have the most money, or we don't have this, we don't have that. But if I read my Bible, if I read stories like Gideon, he's like, give me 300 crazy people, you know, jars of clay, a trumpet, and a light, and darkness, and I will cause havoc on the enemy. People are just willing to do illogical, unconventional things to see the kingdom grow. Drums of heaven. Jeremiah 9:24 says this, but let the ones who boast boast about this that they have the understanding to know me that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, righteousness on earth. For in these I delight declares the Lord. See, I love being a Christian because at the end of the day our our constant conversation is not that we would inherit something and we'd be in charge and we'd be the ones telling everyone what to do, but that we'd see that the kindness and the justice and the righteousness of our god would overtake this earth that's our mandate that's why we do what we do it's why we go into different parts of the city it's why we run programs it's why we believe in the next generation it's so that they would inherit the kindness the justice and righteousness of our god and that these would be our delights simply this the righteous man finds his boast in the lord i'm just going to move my wardrobe Once a year, every about once a year, I have a major fall. Like I stack it, like it's embarrassing, and I just don't want to be in front of all you guys. It happens. It's like lightning striking. It's crazy. Joel two says this: They rush upon the city. They run along the walls. They climb into houses. They enter through windows. Before them, the earth shakes and the heaven trembles. The sun and the moon are darkened and the stars no longer shine. The Lord thunders ahead of his army. He forces, uh, his forces are beyond number, and mighty is the army that carries out his word. This imagery here that we see from the prophet Joel is what God was prophesying over his church. They rush on cities. They run along the, the walls. They take positions of significance and influence as they begin to stir a move of God. And they say that, that we're mighty because we carry out his word, not our word, his word. So what have we spoken about? God is on the move. Got these heavenly war drums going. Godly vision. John 9, 1 to 7 says this. And it's an interesting story because I want you to understand it. It says, now Jesus passed by and he saw a man who was blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. But that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while, while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with sliver. He anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. He went and washed and came back seeing. Do I love this story? You know, the Bible says that when we were created, that he formed us out of the, the clay. You can read it in Genesis, and that he breathed life into us. And I find it profound that this man who is born uh, thousands of years later, and he's born without eyes. He's born without eyes. And this is, this is what I want to tell some people this morning. You might never have been born in the church. This whole concept of godly vision might be completely foreign to you. And you might feel like you don't have those, like, those spiritual eyes that I'm talking about. And that you, you feel like you, you can't comprehend what I'm saying. And when I say you can look into things and, and see and hear conversations and stuff, it doesn't make sense to you right now. Can I encourage you that Jesus did something phenomenal here. You've got to understand that Jesus is 100% God in his divinity, and he's taken on 100% man. But he's still God. And this moment that he has with this gentleman who has been blind since birth is incredible because he takes... The same things that that adam was made from the clay and he infuses his dna through his sliver into it and he forms what would become a miracle would become creation again right on that spot he recreates this man's eyes and if you're here this morning i want to tell you our inheritance was always to be spirit filled and to see into the into the spiritual realms and to walk by the spirit but because of because of the fall of humanity and because of sin and because of our rebellion We're separated from that. But the best thing is is that Jesus is here today and he wants to take the same promise that he had in Genesis in the clay and he wants to infuse his Holy Spirit into it and he wants to open your eyes so that you can see, just like this man can see. The Bible says that the the pool of Siloam actually means to be sent. If you're here this morning and you've never experienced a transformation of God from the inside out and you want to see what he sees, you want to feel what he feels, you want to be able to breathe, Jesus right now, can I tell you, in a moment when we get back into worship, just ask him for it. Say, God, just like this man who was born blind, and it wasn't any fault of his own, but God, would your work be revealed in me to your glory? And could I see the unseeable? Can I believe in the impossible? Can I inherit the kingdom? Spirit-filled, spirit-led, spirit-empowered. John 3, 6 says this, flesh gives birth to flesh, and the spirit gives birth to spirit. The Greek words for born of the flesh is kate sakos. And it means if you are to establish something in your physical strength, you must sustain it in your physical strength. Who here has started something and realized, wow, this is a lot of effort, it's a lot of work, it's taken a lot of my time and my energy, and you regret that you even started it in the first place? Yeah? All the parents put their hands up. Yeah, that's weird. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but we've all been there where you're like, why did I even start this? But then he says, what's birth of the Spirit? Which means, if, if it's birthed by His Spirit, He will sustain it. He will sustain it. In your own life, let's, let's put Avant Life's corporate vision aside. In your life, the vision that He's got for you for 2020 has to be birthed by Him if it's to be sustained throughout the whole year. If it is birthed by you, if it's just a New Year's resolution, you are going to fail or what's even worse you're going to feel as if you achieved nothing even though you did succeed in it why because it's still not fulfilling your internal calling of a god-driven god a spirit filled led life what is birthed of the spirit is sustained by the spirit and i say that because as a church this vision i'm about to say about to cast i'm about to give it power and word the, you know the the james um jesus brother Wrote this. He says that power of life and death is found in the tongue, and we sort of say that as like don't gossip, which you shouldn't, you know, don't speak badly about people if they're not around. Say it to their face, things like that. And um, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Everyone's like, we can say it to their face. (laughs) Josh, (laughs) I love you. He says what's what's life and death is found in the power of the tongue. So I'm about to cast a vision in all of my authority as lead pastor of the church. And I know full well that that it carries life and it carries the spirit-filled word of God. And the Bible says the promise is that it won't return void. What's the promise on your life that God's saying that you need to say, that you need to speak out so it doesn't return void? What's your word for 2020? We always tell our team, and we'll speak about this next week, but you need to find a word that God's saying, this is the word I've got for you for this year. And it's the word you will turn to when it's hard. It's the word you'll turn to when it's easy. It'll t- be the word that turns to when you're confused. It's, it's the word God's given you for the year. My word for this year was trust. Ben, you just got to trust. This has been the hardest year when it came to trust. It's funny how God works like that. Spirit-filled, spirit-led, spirit-empowered. You guys ready to hear what our our... Vision parts and components are for 2020? It's got to wait a little longer. I'm just kidding, we're getting there. I just need to, we just need to talk about things that we did this year. The two main areas that we pioneered this year as a church ministry was our youth uh, program, Avant Life Youth. (laughs) Uh, which is incredible, and Pastor Joel's done an incredible job at uh, just bringing the teams together and everyone who serves that that generation. Is we just I love coming in on Sunday and seeing what God is doing in this core group of young people, uh, and that the future for Avant Life is uh, is now and it's bright. Um, And the second one is Red Frogs, which Amos pioneered into Capilano University uh, residences. And if you don't know what that is, they just go in and hang out with the students and make sure that, especially in areas of mental health and community, that, that there's a place for them to belong. Um, and as a church, you know, that's such a powerful uh, place that we can help and invest into. And so those are two areas. And so a part of our budgets going into 2020 would be to increase our investment into these areas, to make sure that that our youth are growing well, that our, 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 uni- our university ministry is growing and is being resourced well. Um, but we also have an internship program that Matt and Amos have been a part of uh, this year, and it's continuing next year for them. Uh, but we're, we've taken on two more interns. So I'm going to ask Matthew... Colin, and Sarah to come to the stage. And oh, Emma, you should come here. Yeah. Emma's not an intern. But. Colossians one twenty-eight says this, He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that they may present everyone fully mature, that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Our internship, and the reason we run internships, is that I fundamentally believe as a church, as we grow, I want to raise up sons and daughters fully mature in Christ to do the work of the kingdom. I want to make sure that they have our DNA, they have our culture, that they operate under our understandings and how God operates in and through us as a church. Now, that doesn't mean grafting people in is bad. It just means as a, as a church, we're making additions so that, that when God moves, we have these leaders that have been trained day in, day out, trained well with hands-on experience of how it ta- what it takes to make sure that church is running healthy and it's growing and it's going from strength to strength. And so we're excited for Colin and Sarah as they join Matthew and Amos this year. We're going to pray for all of them in a moment, but I'm going to ask Amanda to come up to the stage. Amanda is uh, Matthew's better half. Um, definitely healthier half. Um, he's getting there. But the other announcement is that as a part of our leadership appointment, uh, Matthew and Amanda will be taking on our 9 a.m. service as the 9 a.m. service <laughs> pastors. So uh, uh, They will be making sure that all the pastoral care needs for the 9 a.m. are taken care of. The culture is being developed and grown and, and, and uh, that it's just such a great... 9 a.m. is an awesome service and we're just excited to see you guys actually have something tangible to sink your teeth into and, and God stretch and and teach you in his own way as well but what we thought would be good i'll get pastor joel to come up here as well get, um, we're just going to stand as a church it's important that we commission our leaders that we commission uh, the the interns so stand with me this morning um and i promise you this is like the third time you'll have to stand it's like five other times but I'm going to get Pastor Emma to pray. And if you guys could reach out your hands and um, we're just going to commission them well and believe for them that this is an amazing year to come.
0: Father God, we just thank you so much that we have an opportunity to grow healthy church. We thank you that you have gifted us with this beautiful church, and we pray that as we uh, head into 2020 within our internship program, we just pray favor over the interns, Father God, that they would have a sense of strong calling as to what you have placed in their life, Father God, that it would be a year, Father God, where they would step up, Father God, that they are called higher and that they would know that and they would stand in that f- in full confidence, Father God. God, wherever they go, we pray for your heavenly protection, over them Father God we pray for your provision over them Father God we pray for your encouragement over them Father God give them confidence in all that they are doing Father God let them never feel isolated or alone Father God but let them know that there is an army standing with them Lord God I pray in everything that they do through this internship program it would bring honour to you Father God God I just pray over Matt and Amanda as they take on the lead uh, the campus uh, service pastoring (laughs) (laughs) The service pastoring of the 9 a.m. service. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah for your grace, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> We just, but we lift Matt and Amanda up to you right now, Father God. It is an amazing couple of this house, oh God, that you have brought them together, Father God. That they, um, Father God, that they are united with you, Father God, in all that they do. And we just pray as they step into this position, into this role, Father God, that that they would really have a sense of your purposes over the 9 a.m. service, Father God. That they, you would give them greater strength, Father God, to to help and and to that community, Father God. We pray a blessing over their household, Father God, heavenly protection. We pray for. Um, Finances to come into their house as well, Father God. Just bring increase wherever they put their foot down, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Give them a hand as they leave the stage, guys. (laughs) You can take your seats again. That's exciting. Um,. Our next uh, initiative that we'll be starting in 2020 is uh, what we call Family Nights In. Uh, and this is to highlight the importance of family, especially ones with young kids. Um, and the, the idea is that we're going to be creating this healthy space for, for parents and for kids to come. And you know what, the kids have an amazing program downstairs. The team do a fabulous job. My kids are blessed week in and week out to be invested into by that team. Um, and Alicia is just uh, an incredible kids' life pastor. Um, but we're talking about a space where it's it's not a program where they they have to sit and listen and, and be a part of that. It's more just like a chaotic program. anyone here had a family night? Do you know what I'm talking about? Family nights. Yeah. I, this happened in the 9 a.m. It's like everyone's like in a nap. I'm like, I, just, I didn't have a family. Like, is this? I need. Like, what's going on? Like. Who here had family nights where we either watch a movie, play a game, you know, pull a prank, do something, right? This is what we're talking about is creating this space where families can come and the kids can just have an amazing time just like a family night in and that we can help encourage what is healthy family standards, what are healthy family parameters. And it will allow the team as well to have great conversations with, you know, mums and dads and young kids. And just encourage them. You know, and just highlight that we get it. You know, being, being mum and dad of a growing family can be difficult. You know, if you're a single mum or a single dad, it's a great space to come and just find your place to belong and, and the support and the love that I believe the church should be offering. Psalms 127, verse 3 to 4 says this, Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Children born to a, a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. That's just so encouraging that I believe as a church, as we start doing these like these organic family nights ins, it's just going to foster that desire to make sure that our families are found in God, that our kids are being raised in God, that the church is a community that helps, like a village helps raise children. Um, and this will lead on to other things like parenting seminars, marriage seminars and, and wider community seminars just to help empower, upskill and make sure that those who need, um, you know, encouragement, wisdom or counsel can find it. The next thing that we'll be launching is Life Men. Come on, all those men out there. Yeah, come on. Everyone's like, drop your voice now before you yell out. It's like, yeah, yeah, come on, yeah, 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 come on, yeah. Yeah, just grunt if you're kind of saying this. Yeah, I know some of you talk at this level, but all of a sudden when you say, come on, it's like, come on. It's like, where did that come from? Psalms 1, 1 to 3 says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does he prospers my belief is this that the church has an important role to play in re-establishing what fatherhood is what godly masculinity is what it is to, to carry the responsibility of a man according to christ and so for us we're going to be holding four different events across 2020 which just allows our men to come together, pray, worship, build relationship, but also be invested into by speakers and people who have taken, done time, even within the own church. We're looking at doing a retreat where we just go burn things and blow stuff up. Um, you know, have a barbecue. How good is that? And then, and then, trust me, we'll have a good conversation too. You know, And yep, tofu there, Colin. Tofu's there, that's good. So we're excited about that. And can I honestly tell you, men, please do not stand idly by as we watch society rob us of what fatherhood really means, the power of fatherhood. You've got to understand that the message of the gospel is that God the Father loved the world so much that he sent his only son. If we lose the context of father, it's so much harder for people to receive the message of hope when they don't understand what dad means. And so our job is not just to be like, okay, I come here on a Sunday it really is to step up to the plate and go, you know what, we have a role to play here and if we don't do our best, if we don't put our, our strongest step forward, we're going to let the next generation down. The next one is life women. Uh, yeah, come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there was a few come-ons deeper than mine out there, so I'm hoping there's. <laughs> I'm pretty sure some guys are jumping in on that, so that's good. Proverbs thirty-one twenty-five says this, she is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. I want to see a generation of women, both now, present and, and to come, that understand the value that, one, that God clothes you with his strength and dignity. That's your identity, that there's power and authority in that. And furthermore, that those fears that I know that can sometimes plague you, he wants you to be able to, to laugh with joy without fear of the future knowing that you're called out, that you're chosen, and that you're here to make a difference, and that the world needs mums, it needs daughters, it needs, it needs sisters, it needs aunties, it needs women. And I, and I don't mean in a feminist sense, because I'm not a feminist, but I do mean in the context that God has empowered you, just as he has empowered men to stand shoulder to shoulder, equally, to do the work of God, to raise up a generation, to, 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 to bring salvation and, and, and spread the good news of his gospel, equally. I say that equally. And I do think that the church has a place to play in making sure that gets reestablished. Avant life will anyway, as a church, re-establish it. Team conference. So, <laughs> yeah, wow. Team conference. I say conference because I'm not a fan of the word retreat um it's not come in here and do church like three days in a row uh if you've ever been to a church conference before i'm talking about going away to a retreat center hanging out yes we will be doing services yes but it's that that intentional you know extended period of time with each other where it's just community where it's just fun it's food and it's the holy spirit and we just see what god does um and the whole idea is that we'd spend that time to get to know each other better but also understand well god could be birthing something new into you, into me, we don't know, it's just give God that space to to do whatever he wants in us as a a team, and so we say team conference because if you call Avant Life home, you can come, you're a part of the team, Um, and we want you there, Um, obviously, you know, there's going to be limited spaces, so first invest rest, Um, but I do want to tell you this, do not let finances, and you know, obviously you need a budget for this, you got to take time off for this it's not going to be on a sunday it's going to be you know heading towards a straight after a sunday so it's going to be you got to budget time and you got to budget finances to get there and we'll be releasing more information however i do want to say if if we get to that point and finances is something that you're struggling with or an issue don't let that rob you we serve the god and the father that that you know is in charge of all things we'd stand with you in church we want to get you there and we don't want the financial thing to be the, what stops you from going um and so team conference you guys excited about that it's going to be good someone's calling me all righty this is the last one this is the big one get the worship team to come up move my war drum You know, We've been speaking about these things, the internship, the leadership appointment, family nights in, life men, life women, team conference, and honestly, these are going to be great things for us as a church. It's going to allow to make sure that our roots, and if you're new here, it really is designed so that you would have these multiple areas that you can be developed in. People that have been coming for a while, you'd understand, this is, a, this is what we, we live and breathe here at Avant Life, is to build a strong, God-centered, inclusive community that's constantly growing and increasing and, and, and sharpening each other in the things of God. And so we've talked about how can we settle and make sure that our foundations continually go deeper and deeper as God calls us into bigger and greater things year in, year out. And as I said to the team earlier today, each vision that we have per year is not isolated from the last one. It's just built upon on top of it. And if you listen to my message last week, you know, Paul writes that we are all master builders. We're all building something. You know, as a church, we're building something. Then he goes on to say that, there's gonna come another, which talks of the next generation that will build upon what we have. And in the same sense, when we cast a vision, year in, year out, it's building on the last vision, creating momentum more and more. And so this is the, this is the, the big announcement for uh, 2020, and it's exciting. I wanna drum roll this time, Josh. Oh, come on. Launching September 2020 will be our Squamish campus. We nailed it. You know, I said this at the start. It said, enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, spare no expense. You'll soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettle ruined cities. I know for a fact as we created two services here, we're creating space and we're still running out of space as each service begins to fill up one life after the other. And I know with, with no shadow of a doubt in 12 months' time, we're going to have a space issue here. However, I think it's time we add an addition without, without relying on the space issue. And go you know what these insignificant cities yeah they're not in the north it's not north vancouver it's not vancouver it's not all these big metropolitan areas but they need jesus and that they they desire we've been out there we've prayed and there's just a deep desire to have this level community there and god really did speak to us he said you know what i've called many others and, and some have gone and not been effective others have just ignored the call but ben would you guys go would you hear the, the, hear the drum wars, the drum wars, the war drums starting to beat as heaven starts declaring the goodness and the call of Avant Life in Squamish? Now, I know what you're thinking. Does that mean I have to go to Squamish? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. We're not going to pick up what we're doing here and just transport everyone to Squamish. Our job over the next 10, 11 months would be to raise leaders, empower leaders, create community, just as we did here for 12 months before we launched Avant Life Church on the North Shore. And it'd be to identify what God is calling out. And the people there that have been longing would be gathered at interest parties and board game nights and coffee crawls and worship nights and prayer nights. What it will cost you is a bit of time and belief in your finances that we're investing in the eternal. All these programs will. And when I say time is yeah, yeah, you're gonna at some point if you have called Avant Life home, we've got to win the spiritual battle at Squamish. And so yeah, we're sending people out there. We're gonna prayer walk the streets. We did it here. Everyone I talk to is like, it's such a miracle. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just God's equation. Pray what he's put on your heart with faith. Be diligent and obedient in it. Walk the cold streets when you don't want to walk the cold streets. Pray when you don't want to be praying. You should be at the bar having, you know, chicken wings. But instead, you're out in the cold believing that God is going to do a miracle. Of course, that miracle is going to happen. Without a shadow of a doubt, it happened here. It'll happen again. But yes, it does mean time. It means as a church, we'll be sending out teams out there to pray, to help build, to help establish, and over time, make independent what God's doing in Squamish. Because I believe the Avant life in Squamish is going to be Squamish-centric. It's going to be reaching the needs of that community, what the people are crying out for there. And yes, it'll have the same DNA as us, and yes, it'll have the same leadership and the same authority, but it'll be doing what God wants it to be doing in Squamish. Church, would you stand with me this morning? hope you enjoyed this message. We would love you to subscribe to our weekly podcast. Other ways you can connect
0: with Avant Life is through YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out our website at avantlifechurch.com.